The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Hi, I'm Trustee and Associate Pastor Edmonds Pro Sr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ Channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada, Idaho and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Cleve for over 90 years in our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and A. B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn, Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints, wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. 
Today we are celebrating the 72nd anniversary of the Molokai Branch Church located in Kaunakakai, Molokai. May the Lord bless Pastor Reginald and Mrs. Jesse Ann Castaneras, the Molokai Saints, and all those who have journeyed to Molokai to be a part of this wonderful event. To start off the musical program of today's telecast, the church choir under the direction of Amelia Horn will sing the uplifting song entitled, Then Jesus Came. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Pohaku Carter on the organ. As we put our faith, hope, and trust in the Lord's hands, we believe that all things are possible with the Lord. In his own way and time, he will make the crooked pathways straight and turn all of our tests and trials into glorious victories. He will wipe out our tears away and fill our lives with joy and blessings.
The church band under the direction of head pastor Billy Hahn Jr. will play the song, Only Jesus. We have Jesus in our lives. We have everything. He will provide for our every need, whether it be spiritual, financial, or material. Every burden becomes a blessing when the Lord is at our side.
Cheryl and Abing will give all the glories and praise to the Lord by singing the beautiful song, Spirit Song. Doing her background music will be Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. on the piano. Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Iris Locke on the drums, and Mesa Asano Sr. and yours truly on the guitar. The Spirit of the Lord gives us the strength and perseverance to press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He gives us freedom from the cares of this world and puts a deep, settled peace into our hearts to help us in our daily walk with Him.
The church choir will now sing the Spirit-inspired song entitled, The Old Landmark. Our wonderful Lord and Savior is our old landmark that we turn to in the good times and the bad times. He is our refuge and shelter when the storms of life come our way. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, we find peace, joy, and happiness in the service of the Lord. Please feel free to sing along with the choir as you see the words flashed on your television screen.
now feature Punahele Kapuni, who will play the song on her auto hop entitled, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. The best friend we can have is Jesus. He hears and answers our every prayers. He is our protector and comforter and provides for our every need spiritually, financially, and materially. He is our all in all.
The daughters of Judah will now blend their voices to the song, give thanks with all my heart. Thanksgiving is a year-round event when we have Jesus by our side. We are so thankful for the salvation of our souls, for the gift of his Holy Spirit, for the breath of life, and for his daily provisions. To all our viewers, you too can have this full and free salvation by accepting the Lord as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. For today is a day of salvation, if you will, but hear his voice. At this time, it's with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a dear and faithful brother in Christ who is none other than Mr. Gregory Capuni. We pray the Lord will continue to bless and strengthen you all the days of your life. Have a wonderful Sunday.
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda and would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, and also from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ-TV Channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming, and from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espero in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Trustee Associate Pastor Edwin Sproat Sr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Edwin? Thank you, Melvin. What a joy it is to stand before this wonderful television audience as I get ready to share another Spirit-inspired sermon with you. Before I do, however, I want to inform those of you who continue to send in your personal notes in praise of the choir, band, orchestra, instrumentalists, and vocalists that your special correspondences are always relayed to our telecast participants as well as to our entire congregation. It truly pleases us to know that the Kingdom of God Crusade telecasts of the Apostolic Faith Church which originate in Honolulu, Hawaii, are appreciated and enjoyed by so many of you. Now won't you join me in the reading of God's Word and the message I have prepared entitled Steps Leading to the Tribulation. The obvious message of the times is that Jesus is coming soon. Two events of global magnitude lie ahead of the body of Christ and the world. The first event is the return of Jesus Christ in clouds of glory to catch up the bride of Christ. The second event is a tribulation period wherein those 
who were not raptured and remained upon the earth will suffer the wrath of God because of their unbelief. The next anticipated event for the body of Christ is the glorious meeting in the air when Jesus Christ returns to retrieve his bride from the earth. The bride of Christ will number 144,000 and it is very important that every member of the body of Christ strive faithfully for the calling. The bride of Christ will have been identified with his name Jesus. They will be found pure and chaste because they will never have left their first love who is Jesus. They will most certainly be worthy of eternal life because they will not have been denied his name even though they have been exposed to the severest of persecutions in the days leading up to the rapture and the tribulation period. On the other hand, those who will not have been called up will be subjected to the pain and suffering of the tribulation period. What is in store for those who will be left behind is briefly described as unexampled trouble, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor shall ever be. In other words, the sore displeasure of the Lord will be poured out upon the face of the earth and all that live upon it. The extent of the tribulation period will be of a global magnitude. It will be similar to that of the days of Noah when the entire earth was consumed in water and all that had the breath of life was destroyed. During the tribulation period, everything that has the breath of life will be affected. Some continue to discount the severity of the tribulation period and the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. They have consoled themselves with the accomplishments of the past. They cite how the world has recovered from two world wars and the lessons learned are being applied today in an effort to prevent future wars. They boast of how the economy has recovered. For them, it is just another cycle. And though the Great Depression of the 1900s did leave its mark on society, it too was overcome. The great floods of the Midwest of the 1990s, hurricanes, tornadoes, and famines, and earthquakes have periodically occurred with catastrophic effects, but they remain confident because mankind recovered from that as well. Such unbelief, self-confidence, and self-reliance are signs that lead to the tribulation period. Yes, it is remarkable how the world is recovered, but God is to be praised and not man. Because the events of the tribulation period are described as being unexampled, the world should use the past events as a tool to measure the magnitude of the catastrophes yet to come. Let us read in Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It is very obvious that many have expressed a deep concern for the future. A sign was posted on the news channel, a new year with no fear. There are so many uncertainties that have caused many to be in confusion and derision. People are living in fear for their lives and secondly, their financial stability is of their next greatest concern. In their eyes, the future is bleak and does not offer the security it once did in the past. God has purposed that the global landscape be changed, indicating that God is in control. The most recent events have caused people to think differently. A complacent attitude is a thing of the past and people now live cautiously and with alertness. People have become more aware about their surroundings. They have become more vigilant and protective of their well-being. Families and loved ones have become a greater priority than they did previously. Many show a sense of insecurity that one's life can be abruptly end and not have any control over it. In government laws, gov have changed to combat situations that were once considered an improbability. Are these signs of his coming? They certainly are. Paul instructed the congregation at Ephesus to be alert to the times that were at hand. Deceivers, false messiahs, and prophets 
prophets, false doctrines, and gainseers are credible in indicators that the Antichrist did exist. Jesus Christ spoke similarly to motivate the apostles prior to his crucifixion, and Jesus speaks to us today, compelling souls to repent of their sins and to his saints to keep the faith. Jesus further admonishes his church to be not foolish and led by deceit, but to pray for a greater understanding of the scriptures because in them is eternal life. Anticipating the blessed hope of the church is paramount to those that believe. The glorious appearing is the initial return of Jesus in clouds of glory. When he returns, he will rapture his saints, whether they are dead or alive. In order to be eligible and be a part of a significant event, one must be prepared. The most important question in this life is, what must I do to be saved? Nicodemus of the third chapter of John can curiously approached the matter of salvation and was told, you must be born again. In the cover of night, Nicodemus sought to seek Jesus out because his spirit could not rest. The miracles he had been witness to and heard of while Jesus toured Jerusalem impassioned him to inquire about the gospel. Jesus preached. He accepted the authenticity of the miracles and that Jesus was certainly a man of God. Let us read in John 3, 1 through 4, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus' response to Nicodemus cut straight to the heart of the matter and made him aware of what must be done to obtain salvation. However, the statement given by Jesus was not received well by Nicodemus. The possibility of one returning to the womb of one's mother was absurd. Being a scholar, the message of salvation required an explanation. Let us continue reading in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the sixth to the seventh verse, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The natural man is incapable of seeing and is unable to enter into the kingdom of God. However, gifted, moral, or refined a person may be, the natural man is absolutely barred from God's presence because of sin, unless he accepts the fact that he must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. To be born of the Spirit simply means that one must be filled with the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit, as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. The infilling of the Holy Ghost was demonstrated on the day of Pentecost. Everyone born into this world is born into sin, and therefore one must be born again that he might be born into righteousness. Follow along as we read in Genesis 5 verses 1 through 3. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Seth meaning the appointed became the replacement for Adam's righteous son Abel who was killed at the hands of his elder brother Cain. Regardless of Satan's efforts to obstruct God's plan to provide a savior for a sinful man by killing Abel, God's plan nevertheless continued through Seth. 
Two points of interest are highlighted here. First, God's image rested upon Adam, who unfortunately sinned, thus losing the image and inheriting death. Adam, having this frailty, thus passes on the sinful nature to all generations. Secondly, through Seth, the righteous and ungodly lineage will continue, whereby Jesus Christ is born. By reading in Luke 3, 23 to 38, you will see the lineage of Joseph, the son of Heli, Mary's husband and the mother of Jesus, leading all the way back to Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Therefore, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. As you can see, Jesus Christ is the only answer regarding the saving of the soul from the consequences of sin. John the Baptist called out to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Apostle Peter received the gift of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. After receiving the Holy Ghost, his boldness and confidence in the Lord was very evident. No longer ashamed of being associated with Jesus, Peter boldly revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2, 36 to 37. Let, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And reading in Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Through God's grace, salvation and eternal life have been made available to all men. We cannot earn or buy His grace, and yet it was freely given to us as a gift from Him. Therefore, in the Lord, intellectual, racial, income, and cultural discrimination do not exist. No matter who we are, we are all found in want when the Lord's judgment scales are set. Yet, because of God's love for mankind, He will accept all those who will believe in Him and come to repentance. Repentance simply means godly sorrow for sin. Before anyone can be saved, one must acknowledge oneself as a sinner. Being truly sorry for one's sin starts the journey to salvation and eternal life. Let us read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The overview of the born-again message is that this, the name of Jesus is the key that opens the door to the kingdom of God and eternal life. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is essential to obtain salvation. The Holy Ghost can only be verified by the speaking in an unknown tongue. Without these being practiced, one has yet to find salvation. Let us read in, John, in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. God reminds us daily, dear television viewers, if you love me, keep my commandments. There is nothing superficial, deceptive, or complicated about this born-again message. Water baptism is not an option for any clergy or pastor to give you because they do not have the authority to change God's plan of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. Let us read in Luke 21, verses 25 to 28. 
And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity to see and waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. The believer though exposed to the toughest of times, will maintain his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that all things are purposed by God and more so in the last days. Though we may experience the toughest of times, the Lord tells us the end is not yet, but it is just the beginning of sorrows. The phrase powers of heaven shall be shaken is of great significance. In the last days, all believers are encouraged to hold fast to righteousness and true holiness that is only found in Jesus Christ as with the parables regarding the preaching of the gospel. Earth was referred to as a kingdom of heaven. So it is with these words of Jesus. Here, he refers to the foundations of the world that bring security and prosperity. Where man has found a safe haven, the Lord will shake that up as well. And they will live in fear of insecurity. As of late, we have seen great strides to unite mankind on a global scale. Governments, religions, and economics have been changed to have a global effect upon the earth. The universal language is English, and the establishment of the euro currency is one step closer to establishing the global currency. The United Nations will take on a more global role in setting policy in an effort to establish peace and prosperity. Global trade will grow, and that will bring an increase in tolerance towards racial and cultural differences. Is it a good thing? that mankind will work to achieve a united world? Yes, it is, and the benefits will be tremendous. However, this too is a step towards the tribulation period and a signal of the Lord's coming. This effort will pave the way for the son of perdition to subtly deceive those who remain behind after the rapture takes place into following him. How else can the son of perdition and the false prophet be successful unless they are accepted by the world. Let us read in Revelation 13, 16 through 18, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Hear me in his wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and six. In other words, to be accepted during the tribulation period, one must be identified with the number 666. Controlling commerce, in my opinion, will be so, to solidify the foundation of the Antichrist government during the tribulation period. It will be preliminary steps to prepare for the final battle, and this time it will be the world against the Lord Jesus Christ. Receiving the mark of the beast in the right hand and in the forehead bears great significance. To receive the mark of the beast in the right hand is an act of submission to a greater power. To receive the mark of the beast in the forehead indicates one has pledged loyalty and devotion to something, in this case, the son of perdition. Options will be given to those who will give their allegiance to the devil. They will either have this mark or his name or the number of his name in their right hand or in their forehead. The Lord has blessed the faithful saints with a discerning spirit, such as to have eyes that see and ears that hear. Let us read in Revelation 17, 13 and 17. 
These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill this, his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. This scripture works with 2 Peter 2.9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. The decisions people make will determine their end. They will either end up with eternal torment or eternal life by the decisions they make in this life. The revelation given to John, the beloved of the days and events that must shortly come to pass, prepare us for the coming of the Lord. The believers should not be preparing for the tribulation, but for the kingdom of God. The scripture tells us that God's people have not been appointed to wrath, but unto redemption and salvation. When Jesus comes, the saved will be redeemed from the earth and spared from the wrath to come. Yes, men's hearts will be hardened because of unbelief, so as to fulfill God's purpose in bringing about new heavens and a new earth. Yes, the unification effort that is in process today is the preliminary step that will lead to the end times. Let us read in Luke 21, 21, 29 to 33. And he spake to them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto thee, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The wonderful thing of being saved is that God gives the church forewarning and foreknowledge. In essence, he has removed any excuse or reason for not believing in the scriptures. The significance of parables is not only the message it portrays, but how it is told. In every parable, Jesus delivered the examples used were common knowledge to the hearers. In this case, Jesus used the change of seasons as indication and indicated by the change in the foliage. I have heard many tourists who visit Hawaii say how they enjoy the one and only season of the year, summer. However, they, they comment that they do miss observing the beauty of each season of the United, continental United States, that is, spring, summer, fall, and winter. For them, they know that months have passed, so it is with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The signs are evidence, but the unfortunate part is that they go unnoticed and unappreciated. The world unknowingly is preparing itself for the last days. Jesus ended the parable with a statement of fact. Heaven and earth shall pass away, and in, no, in so doing, his word and the bride of Christ will be vindicated. If you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and review the telecast presentations in their entirety, Please visit our website at Jesus Coming Soon. Until our next telecast, this is your host, trustee and associate pastor Edmund Sproat Sr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the Lord, good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. And now the church band will bring our program to its conclusion with the number, I Believe the True Report.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.